0: Welcome to my studio. I am Cole McCallum, the aspiring architect, and this is RPG Blueprints. I'm here with Sandeep and today we're going to talk about character development Um, and that's going to be kind of from a DM's perspective Um, and we're we're going to be talking both about player character and non-player character development Um, so thanks for joining me Sandeep Hi Um, Thanks for having me Yeah, my pleasure Um, so Sandeep is, uh, another friend who is a part of my Monday campaign, the same campaign that Elizabeth's a part of. Um, and so we met about two years ago now, Mm -hmm. um, and you have played in a number of games. You've also run games yourself, right?
1: I have. Yes. I run, I run, um, a full on campaign that's been running, I think two and a half years now. And then I've been part of the campaign that you're talking about, the Monday campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lot of, like, one-shots here and there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so uh, a lot of different avenues of experience um, for player uh, player development. And that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, so when you're looking at... Um, developing your characters uh, there's a difference between how you're going to look at a player character and non-player character um do you have any thoughts on the difference
1: um <clears throat> well the way i run my campaign tends to be very much revolving around the characters so any any non-player characters i i think we talked about this before but i like i will have them their role in the campaign is to further the story for the players so they're not there to tell a story of their own um my story revolves around the choices that the characters the player characters make so the npcs are kind of a vehicle for that i find
0: right um right and so you're creating situations for uh these player characters to grow, right? Yeah. And you're you're using um you're using the plot but you're also using the other characters that you're throwing at them um for that, which is which is pretty cool. Um obviously um with Elizabeth, my first um series was all about creating a player character. Do you want to maybe talk about the differences between how you would come up with a with a non-player character an NPC?
2: Oh
1: absolutely. It's completely I mean there are similarities, but the purpose of them is completely different. So player character, you're kind of putting them into the world as this like half created person that you're going to develop through a story, through like interacting, through you know the choices they're making. Whereas an NPC, you want to create a fully rounded, character usually somebody who's already had many many experiences and they're not there to learn and grow necessarily unless like it's going to help the player characters but Mm -hmm. they're there to kind of they're there to provide the exposition in like a novel or a video game that you don't want to just give in like a block of text you want it to come through discussion and the characters have to figure out how to get this person to talk or so they become like their own kind of mini game in a way (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where you have to interact with them in order to <clears throat> figure out the answers to the things you're interested in um so in creating them, I find that I often will create a character with very little uh like they're not a well rounded character usually, especially if they're kind of an n b c that has that purpose to mm. to just be exposition. Um, the only time it kind of differs from that is when those player characters, sorry, when the uh, NPCs are going to have a significant role in the story. So something like your your bad guy, something like, you know, the bad guy's henchmen, if you want them to be important, people that are really important in like a city or an area. Um, and even then it might be as light as like name, race, occupation, mm-hmm. and then like a few quirks here and there that you want to use. Um, but the the kind of the big NPCs, I'll go kind of all out for them. So they'll before they even get a name, it'll be okay, what's their role? What are they Mm -hmm. for? Um so I'll 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 think more about their purpose. What are the goals that I want them to, to have in the story. So for example, when I when I created my bad guy close to the beginning of the campaign actually before the campaign began, um, <clears throat> I, I was very much, okay. I don't want them to meet the bad guy straight away necessarily. Mm. I want this bad guy to have like henchmen. Um, but I didn't want them to know that they were henchmen when they first met them. Oh. Um, and, and some of my inexperience as a DM came out because the first henchman they did meet was obviously a bad guy.
0: so what did you do that made it obvious
1: uh he was trying to so i knew going into this that these characters some of the characters were very much like into nature and stuff so i made this Mm -hmm. this tree that was becoming awakened with a spark of of divinity um and this bad guy his goal was to steal that spark of divinity Mm -hmm. And so immediately that was bad to them because they wanted to save this tree and, and it was so cool. And there was druids and one of them was a druid and one of them was sent by their mentor druid to help the druid in this grove. So immediately, like he was a bad guy. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) He was
1: manipulating everybody. He was, you know what I mean? Like,
2: um,
1: and on the one hand it was, it was good because it did immediately kind of give them a goal to meet. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were very new in the campaign. So the characters weren't gelling, like nothing was really working between them. <laughs> so this gave them more of like a vehicle to kind of start on that path. Um, so after that, they they murdered him very, with a lot of <laughs> difficulty actually, because <laughs> he was extremely high level and they were, they went in a little too confident. Um, well, you, you didn't TPK. intend
0: for them to uh, peg them as a, a threat right away. Right? No.
1: And obviously, my experience there came out um. a lot. Um, <clears throat> so then the next kind of person, I was like, okay, I wanted to create something intriguing. So I created the concept of The Lovers, where they had a name, The Lovers. And it was two characters that worked right under like the bad, the bad person, even though... That evolved as well later on to become oh. like a, a, and not not technically the bad guy, um, but yeah. So then these people, I decided I wanted them to come off as good guys. They're they're people that just have convictions. Maybe their convictions are different or quote unquote wrong, but they believe they're good, mm-hmm. which is inherent in most people. So. Like most people don't go around thinking, oh, I'm the bad guy. You know what I mean? Like they Mm -hmm. think, oh, I'm the good guy. Everybody is against me because they're bad. So I wanted that to to be case for these characters. So then when they finally got around to meeting them, immediately they liked them. Mm -hmm. It was this kind of boisterous man who was loud, very friendly. Immediately he's calling them my friend, my friend, you know, um, basically like the cliche paladin who Mm, (laughs) who's super friendly and jovial and just nobody can hate them that was this character uh so immediately like they they came in wanting to hate him and they couldn't so that was like he did nothing bad he he was very helpful very friendly um because that's his personality Mm. so I kind of learned from that. Anyway, I got off on a really long tangent there, sorry.
0: No, but I think that's that's really good because it like just to break down what you're talking about, you're um you had characters who had motivations. You were maybe um, as a green DM, you were a little transparent in these motivations and that that wasn't what you intended mm-hmm. and so now you have the these these new characters with you know probably similar motivations but now you you know a way to make it less obvious mm-hmm. and i think i think that's that's interesting when talking about making npcs is that um like you said you only need a few things and and to give uh, give people motivation that's that's the big thing right like why are people mm-hmm. in oh, your absolutely. world why are they doing what they're doing um, yes, And, and whether, whether you want that to be obvious or not, whether you want them to say, hey, I'm doing this because, like, I want to protect my village, or they're keeping that close to their chest and they're not telling you right away, that's kind of a tool that you have as a DM.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's a very good summary, actually. <laughs> Thank
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, do you have a specific process when you're sitting down to, to create these or is every NPC creation like a new experience for you?
1: Um yeah, I have a process. Usually if it's like one of those people like you go oh, oh this is a store merchant or something,
0: mm-hmm. it's like
1: okay, name, race, occupation. That's mm-hmm. like what I go with first. And most of and the like time And like you said
0: maybe a little quirk.
1: Yes. Uh the quirks are probably the most important parts about an NPC, especially if you want the players to pay attention to them. If it is a throwaway NPC, like, Oh, I need someone to be there to, to buy off of, buy a potion off of or something. Right. Then you don't have to make them important or interesting. Whereas the instant you want the characters to, to take notice or interact with an NPC more, that's when you, you bring in like a quirk and it could be something really simple. Like, uh, it could be something like a speech pattern where mm-hmm. they'd start talking and then they just kind of trail off <laughs> <laughs> in like the middle of their sentence as if they lost their their uh, train of thought, but, you know, feel like they got it. They got it. They, they <laughs> what's the word? They communicated accurately, but, you mm. know, the players are like, what? But, the, oh, yeah, you know, the NPC thinks they did a great job. So like something as, as simple as that accents are a big one as well. I'm not very good at them, but I've found that through trying them out and practicing and not being afraid to try it out and practice, um, even if you're terrible at them, it's, it's super fun for the players.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's a big thing and anything that you're trying, you're bringing to the table, you have to lose that fear and a good group is gonna, you know, make it less scary.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, like if they're laughing, they're laughing in enjoyment rather than laughing at you kind of thing. Right. Um, so yeah. So one of the big, big thing you can do, like easy, easy things that will immediately make someone obviously different would be like a very quiet tone or loud and boisterous. Like the one mm-hmm. character that I made, um, <clears throat> you could have them have, a particular way of speaking. So not just like the trailing off, but maybe they use a word a lot, a word that mm. doesn't quite fit in what they're saying. <laughs> um, or, and this is something that I, is kind of outside of the NPC in general. Like when I'm creating NPCs, I'm also thinking about where they live. Um, so if it's in like a particular city, there might be kind of cultural idiosyncrasies that everybody uses.
2: Right. So,
1: in the one city my characters are in right now, they're, uh, it's like an elvish city. And instead of saying goodbye or, you know, see you later, everybody says, good luck to you. Oh, cute. Yeah. And it's, they. I don't even think they picked up on it, but it's just something all the characters, like all the NPCs are saying to them
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> instead
1: of goodbye. Um and it's just like a cultural thing. Or mm-hmm. they went underground at one point into the underdark. God knows why they chose that, that route. But um <laughs> they came to a, a dark gnome village, and there I gave everyone a very odd, non-specific accent. So everyone spoke with an accent that was not specific to a region that it was like a very weird kind of put upon sound that didn't didn't have like it wasn't an english accent it wasn't an australian it was just Mm -hmm. a weird kind of accent so it kind of immediately separated that city from others so there's there's that aspect too that is separate from the npcs themselves uh but one character that i created sometimes even like a facial expression if you're playing like with people who can see you like Mm -hmm. on video or in person um i would squint one eye whenever I was playing this one (laughs) character. (laughs) So immediately they knew, oh, this is the dwarf. Like we're talking Mm -hmm. to the dwarf right now. Um, Yeah. So like little, the quirks I think are probably the most important parts about NPCs you want them to to interact with. Um, And when it comes to like a really important NPC, somebody they might fight or somebody they might fight with, I will actually sit down and create an entire character as if they were a player character of a certain level
0: right right because you don't need to go through and like pick a class for every every NPC in a town because well for one not every person in the world of D is going to be an adventurer having exactly. a class mm-hmm. um and also like if like if you or i went out and started fighting we don't necessarily have special <laughs> fighting skills
1: hell no yeah
2: exactly um,
0: but, yeah, I, I agree. You do need to have that that care um, for for your adversaries in your game to to sit down and be really thoughtful. And you might take the two or three hours that Elizabeth and I took to, to create um, player characters. Oh, right?
1: absolutely. Or my, more. My big bad. I haven't even written out her. I call her the big bad, but she's not really the big bad, which is another thing that kind of evolved. But, yeah. Um...
0: Elizabeth don't listen
1: (laughs) i still haven't yeah because elizabeth is one of my characters (laughs) one of my players um like i haven't uh actually sat down and wrote out her class because it's not Mm. necessary at the moment um but like characters that i know they will be and there are some really great automatic ones on the internet where you can Mm -hmm. actually just fill in information and they'll create like uh, a very quick spread of stats and stuff, uh, abilities for an NPC, which is awesome cool. um, because a lot if of the ones. You,
0: if you have those links handy, maybe I can throw them in the show notes for people. Oh,
1: absolutely, I do.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so if I know they're gonna say fight or random character like very occasionally they'll meet somebody that they immediately hate and then they just want to fight them um so you have to like create stats on the fly because you didn't expect them to hate this character uh so that's that's a really good strategy or tool that i use um but if it is an important character then i do sit out ahead of time and like write out details for them Mm -hmm. and so
0: are you generally using uh just sort of the same resources that you would for creating a player character or are there other things that you look to
1: it depends on what i'm what i want so if it is a character where i'm like okay this class actually works really well for this character Mm -hmm. um then it's not a problem i'll use like you know the player's handbook or or xanathar's or something um whereas if if they i want them to be able to do something that's not quite you know not quite laid out in one of the books, the source books, then sometimes I'll go and look for extra kind of material on the internet. So I'll Mm -hmm. Google like what class I kind of want them to be able to do. And then maybe a specific ability. Um, It does require more reading and stuff though. So if I'll only really do that, if it is an important NPC, somebody I really want to invest in. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm planning on creating, (laughs) I'm planning on creating like, the antithesis of these guys, like they're the B team in a way. Like uh, they're the A team. I'm going to create the B team. So,
0: like are dark mirror cells.
1: Yes, yeah, sort of. Uh, and I need to. That that's going to take a lot of a uh, time mm-hmm. in order to make sure they're balanced because my players, unfortunately, are a little OP. So, <laughs> which again, Green DM made a few mistakes in the beginning. Uh, Maybe have gave learned them
0: a few magic items that boosted them a little bit
1: yeah, yeah yeah and like just abilities in general
2: mm.
0: can i
1: do this oh okay yeah sure that sounds cool not realizing like oh wait <laughs> <laughs> i want i want a steed to follow me around oh okay i want it to be a wild hog yeah okay that's fine and then little did i realize he's going to be using that in every single battle they come across so instead of you know six mm. characters you now have seven
0: <laughs> yeah and you've you've already uh, balanced all the encounters for six. Yeah, six, and then you have uh, to go back and you're yeah.
1: like, oh wait, shoot, what did I do yep. to myself? And then as soon as oh, and then you have the characters that love to abuse conjure animals. <laughs> oh, Bane of my existence. Seriously. Oh. Oh, anyway, yeah. So <laughs> that's another story. And you get like balancing encounters. Another story especially when you have an op group it's such a pain in the ass they'll they'll like plow through everything and then they'll complain about it if they got hurt so the last battle they did sorry i'm going on a tangent but this is funny on the last battle they did they were like oh my god that battle holy shit and i was like okay what are you talking about like are any of you half health right now not a single person put up their hand (laughs) i was like are you kidding me
0: you want to talk about the last battle we had <laughs> yeah. when I literally died? I yes. literally got obliterated?
1: <laughs> Full on obliterated. Yes.
0: Mm,
1: okay. okay. Holy shit. I was like, you guys don't know what a tough battle is, honestly. <laughs> That's it. I'm going to have to pull out the big guns. The speed team. I mean, I'm going to make them powerful and I'm going to make it so like they very possibly might get beaten down and left for dead.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um,. Definitely, I think that's a great way to do it—to go and create your sort of star, star villains, uh, the same way you might create a, a player character. But I think that sometimes there, you you don't want to sit down and take take all that time. And when you look at the the monster manual, mm-hmm. uh, when you have those stat blocks, obviously those stat blocks boil it um, boil it down a lot. So sometimes you don't need to, um, you know, get so nitty gritty, like, like your, your NPCs don't necessarily need hit dice, right? No, like, so you no, don't have absolutely to, you not. To, don't, yeah. You don't have to worry about them taking short rests and, and that sort of thing. So, so there's a lot in, in um, like a, a player, a player character, um, or, um what i'm trying to say the character sheet the character like sheet, so, yeah. st- stats about that that you don't necessarily need so oh, yeah. sometimes you can just take a monster stat block or something and take those stats like if it if it's a um like a character who has psychic powers and then there are monsters that have psychic powers you know mm-hmm. as long as uh as lo- like the stats don't really matter um if if the powers fit, you know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. And mm-hmm. I do find that when I make an NPC character sheet, uh, quotations, mm-hmm. um, I, <clears throat> I will boil it down to the main important pieces. So like mm-hmm. I will have a stat block for them. Either I roll it up or I'll just take the standard array and then level them up accordingly. Right. And then from there it's like, okay, what are they proficient in these three things? So I write down those three proficiencies this is their speed. This is their HP, AC. And then it's mm-hmm. like, okay, what can they do? So th- these are the abilities. These are the uh, attacks, um, the magic they can do if they can do magic. And then mm-hmm. occasionally I'll I'll plan ahead. Like, if they happen to kill them, what are they going to find on their body? Right. So I'll give them, like, special armor or um, – <clears throat> and that can also kind of boost their stats as well if you want to make a harder character mm-hmm. for them to take on.
0: Yeah, because if, you, if they're wielding a plus two weapon, then that – It's not just going to disappear. Exactly. Cool.
1: The one thing too about NPCs is if you want to create somebody who they will not be able to fight because they're too powerful, you really need to kind of, or you want to frighten them into thinking, oh my God, this guy's way, or this woman is way more powerful than we are. Like. So it all kind of comes down to how you describe them, what their mm. demeanor is, whether they're afraid or get nervous during a conversation. Like these people that are OP, like the NPCs that are OP, you want them to be totally confident in their abilities because they've, they're have they like a player character in that they've never died in all mm-hmm. the encounters they've had. Or maybe they have and they came back to life, right? So like right. after that, you're not going to be super scared of nothing. So mm-hmm so i and that actually backfired on me once too i created manticores for them to fight and they were way more powerful than manticores but the way i described them was so gnarly like it climbed down a tree face first um and they got <laughs> super freaked out and would not fight them and i was like but you guys are like way more powerful than." Them. but they didn't know that they don't know the challenge rating of the of the of the, the that's monster fun. right? yeah <laughs> so they were so freaked out they did not want to fight it they're like we're gonna die we're gonna die i was like but they're slaves they have slaves like with these goblins they you know they're gonna die and they're like oh we don't care we might just leave them
0: so not the most heroic group
1: no i mean they're a little bit of a mix you have the one you have the two that are very moral and then everyone else who's kind of like neutral and they're like well you know if it's not gonna help us maybe we better just leave them behind
0: Mm. yeah so you have a lot more dm experience than i do um Mm -hmm. since you've been like consistently dming a group um something that i struggle with is description and you just mentioned like the way you describe things is important so do you have any tips on you know getting better at the description
1: like in terms of an npc or in terms of like an area
0: no we're talking about um characters so yeah
1: um Yeah. I'll usually go with, you start with maybe, um, the common description. So it, you don't even have to be super specific. You want to create, because they're not going to remember all the details you give. Mm -hmm. So it's more about the big details, like color of hair, color, like race. Um, what are they wearing? Anything that's really going to stand out? Mm -hmm. Um, and then demeanor. So, if they seem like they're kind of hunched over or if they're standing straight and have their nose kind of upturned, both of those things will tell very different things about about an NPC. Um, and if it's like an if it's an NPC that doesn't matter, you don't even really have to give a description half the time. It's just like you come in, you're like, oh, hello, what can I do for you? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas if if it's somebody you want them to pay attention to, then you'll give a full on. Description. Um, I came in. in, uh, Because I was watching. I think I mentioned this before. But I was watching a lot of Critical Role. When Mm -hmm. I first started DMing. And Matthew Mercer goes like. Beyond when it comes to describing NPCs. Like he'll describe every NPC. They talk to in like the detail. And I started out doing that. And then I realized like. This is a lot of work. And it's hard (laughs) to come up. With a different looking character. Every time they talk to somebody. So I was like, maybe I'll just describe the ones, like I get why in a way that is a powerful tool because they don't Mm -hmm. know who's important or not important in the world, Mm -hmm. but it was just, it was so much. So I was like, okay, I will describe anybody that is interesting or useful that they can talk to, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to do that for everybody. So Mm -hmm. that was kind of a choice I had to make.
0: Well, like you said, it's a lot of work and one thing is Matthew Mercer is getting paid to dm (laughs) critical role whereas you are doing this for fun
1: exactly exactly (laughs) and i already spend like i think a lot of people um don't realize how much work going goes into dming until you actually start doing it or trying it yeah and then because i had a couple of my players were like oh i want to give it a go and then they gave it a go and they're like oh my god this is so much work like I'm spending hours on this, and you guys are just coming in and playing with what I've created. I'm like, yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. that's
2: the gig. <laughs> yep.
0: Unless, unless you want to do something, that's why Wizards of the Coast sells their yes. like pre-made module books, like your their adventure books. Even and, those do
1: take work. Like you do have to read them work. and learn yeah. them. But yeah, but it, it's you're way not easier. saying
0: They're doing the the creative uh, brain power of coming up with all all the different aspects of of everything. Exactly. So.
1: Exactly
0: there's options out there for, tour. which actually is kind of a an interesting thing because um in the last series talking about world building, we were talking about how you can um take take a look at a book like that and lift something, so there's nothing saying you can't find inspiration for your characters you know from other books if you know that like either uh, either uh an adventure book specifically has an interesting character who why not transplant them into your own campaign but also like looking at the the movies tv the the books that you read like like there's nothing wrong with like finding inspiration from those sources um and and taking those aspects and those quirks and putting them into your your own characters.
1: It can actually be really fun for the player characters to almost recognize somebody Mm. or like make parallels to characters. So like if you bring in like a Han Solo type, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like the brash, like cocky kind of um, pirate, Uh, they're easily recognizable as a character. Mm. And they can be really fun to interact with because then you get to kind of play around with, with a fantasy character that isn't yours, but you right. know how, but you know them well enough that you could play them or figure out like how they'd react to a certain situation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that that's especially, I find helpful if you are like missing inspiration or you're unsure about how you want an NPC to, to play or like, let's say you have trouble coming up with quirks for every NPC that you want to have it be an important part, mm-hmm. then you, yeah, definitely go, go and get inspiration from a TV show. It can, it can even be like a completely non-fantasy TV show. Mm-hmm. Like if you really like a detective on a show or something, you know, the grizzled, like, you know, devil be hair kind of attitude, then you, <laughs> you know, you can transplant that into your, mm-hmm. into your campaign
0: um just talking about like inspiration and not knowing what to do um the way i like to run things is often um on the fly impro- improvisational and uh rolling off tables so sometimes <laughs> uh sometimes you have uh people ser- seeking out types of characters that you didn't anticipate yeah. and something that can help you is if you say just sit down for whatever amount of time before you run your one shot your campaign, and you create a a list of things like you 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 have a table of of races you have a table of quirks and then you just you know quickly roll on that whatever you need, and then you have one little thing to grab grab on so so like you were saying like. Oh, this is like a specific way they talk. Oh, this is a specific posture that they have. Uh, this is like um, a specific word that they that they focus on. And if you put those into uh, a chart, a table, then you're never like you're never really stuck to make mm. make a quick and unique character.
1: That's a really good idea, actually. And I do find that. As much as I'm talking about sitting down and planning out characters, there are a lot of characters that my players want to interact with that I have nothing written down for. Always. Um, and, oh, there's just one character. <laughs> she drives me crazy. She will ask everybody their name. And I'm like, I don't have a name Bane for this random. <laughs> so I have like a, a like either a fancy name generator or I'll have like a list of names mm-hmm. ready to go that I then just cross off if I've used it already. Um, <clears throat> but it's such a pain in the butt. Like, and then, because you have to remember, like, yeah. she's writing this down. If nope. they've met a character, she's writing it down. So I'm
0: like, like, well, this person wasn't important to me, but I guess they are now. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I, actually, just in our last session, or the session before last, we we had one character who was looking to... um to identify something and our wizard identified it but couldn't really figure out what it did properly it was a magical item Mm -hmm. so they went to this elven city and she was like okay maybe i can get it like appraised basically here right and so they got some advice from some random and we're like okay where's the nearest place i can go and they sent them to this really back back to like back in the very uh kind of scuzzy area with this like
2: Mm.
1: like guy who who was known as the best, but was put, like, kind of worked in an area where you would, like, why is he working here?
2: Hmm.
1: And um, I decided in a split second to make this character interesting. Uh, because I was like, oh, this is interesting. This is a guy who, they're being, he's being recommended by somebody at the university as somebody who knows his stuff. But he's working in this, like, rundown freaking <laughs> like, shop with Mm -hmm. these random oddities. I think I called it oddities and eyeballs was the shop. (laughs) And they were really freaked out by the fact that it had eyeballs in the name. Um, (laughs) and the character turned out to be this like academic, but he was obviously weird, like very off. Mm -hmm. Um, he, it was like, he was seeing things that nobody else could see in the air. Uh, he was talking to things that weren't there or sometimes talking to the players, but what he said didn't make sense. Like he'd say random stuff. I actually got this inspiration from a podcast I was listening to as well. Um, <clears throat> oh God, I can't remember. I don't remember what series it was, but there was this player named Chris Trot, That was his actual real name. Um, but he, uh, <laughs> is it okay if I talk about like, a, a podcast that's not this one? Is that okay? Oh,
0: yeah. oh okay. <laughs> Absolutely. I reference podcasts all the time. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm obsessed with the One Shot Network, and I, I that was, like, one of the first things I talked about. <laughs>
1: okay, cool, cool. So, he his character had died or whatever, so he came up with a new character to kind of put into the story. And the first time the player characters met this new player, he was really weird. Like, he'd get randomly angry at, at points, and, like, he didn't seem to have expressions properly, and then randomly he turns to a character just completely out of the blue and he goes, Ducks don't fly backwards, and then continues to walk. And I was like, everybody got so freaked out by that. And I was like, That is such that is such a good way of making a screwed-up character, is just saying something completely random that has nothing to do with anything. And then everybody's left like, Wait, what? So I took inspiration from that, um, mm-hmm. and this guy was freaked out by ducks. So at one point, in the middle of a conversation, he turns around and yells at a character who's not doing anything, "Don't touch that!" And the character's like, "What? I'm not, I'm not doing anything." And he's like, "I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the the duck behind you." And he's like, "What?" what? <laughs> he turns around. There's nothing behind him. <laughs> he's like, "Be careful of those ducks. They'll take whatever." Yeah. So.
0: I'm sure they won't find
1: out that character. <laughs> no, they actually, <laughs> they actually like. Um, they found out he was he was researching something. Again, I came up with this on the fly. I was like, okay, what is he doing here? Why is he here? He's like, oh, I was disgraced. Like nobody will, nobody will uh, fund my research, and I'm trying to figure out what this does. And and I know it's powerful. I know it. And I was like, wouldn't it be cool if he has latency or abilities? And I made it so he knew things about the characters that they didn't tell him. Um, which also freaked nice. him out really bad. But he would like say it as a throwaway thing. Oh yeah. Um so like at one point he used one of their names and they were like, I didn't tell him my name. Like what how does he or or the the, the characters had made this this joke. One of the one of one of my player characters is named Maul. And they made this joke about him calling him Maul the Tall. Um spelling tall t-a-u-l which is how his name is spelled Mm -hmm. and this this random npc calls him that and it freaked out my characters so much (laughs) (laughs) it was great just watching the the shock and like wait what what did he just say like go across all of their faces oh yeah and this random character that i made up in a split second has now become somebody they're going to follow and keep up with uh, because they they decided they would fund his research, because
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: they had a lot of money, so
0: that's awesome. Um, I like how what you said just sort of reinforced what we've been talking about. so on the fly, you had to create a character um you gave them you gave them like a race, you gave them an occupation, mm-hmm. you gave them a quirk mm-hmm. and then you also figured out their motivation mm-hmm. um and so and then once you put that all together it creates like a memorable character that these that your players love so that's that's really awesome and um something that stuck out to me also is that um when you like if you're if you're paying attention to not, not only what your characters are doing but what you're doing too um you you'll find uh opportunities for like little bits of uh character development so not only um is it interesting that this this skilled, um, uh, like arcane, like person Artificer, of ar- arcane kind of, knowledge, yeah. um, is in this like rundown lower class area. But what does it say about the person that works at the university that's in contact with this person, mm-hmm. right? So there's like there's like a lot going on, and mm-hmm. and if you're if you're paying attention, uh, you can really like have one thing lead to another, and and it all builds like you're your own characters can build up your own work like in your it, it, own
1: world your world yeah. becomes like a real place
0: yeah and that's that's what we what we talk about whenever we talk about like emerging through play or play to find out that kind of stuff right Absolutely. because because well, i feel like i've talked about this in every single <laughs> single uh, series so far um, you can go in with whatever intentions but you don't actually know until you play the game
1: Absolutely. And sometimes I'll make an NPC that I think will be one way. And then as soon as they are interacting with the characters, they are completely different. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, And it might even just be in reaction to one thing the player says. And I'm like, Oh, how would this person react to that? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I, I like the interactive piece of it. And sometimes you can create, just the barest, like I said, the barest minimum of what a character might be and allow it to kind of come out. Not everybody is confident enough to do that. I know I wasn't in the beginning to let a character kind of come to life. So then in that case, you can write, like, as you said, you can create those tables or you can create like a list of characteristics that this one character has. Um, Mm -hmm. and how, you know, like, for example, when I first started creating characters, I'd, I'd write down personality traits. So snobbish, Mm -hmm. Um, looks down her nose at, you know, people she thinks are less than her. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> really like proprietary about her work, stuff like that. hmm. And it gives kind of a, I guess, a picture of what this character is going to be like when they actually talk to them.
0: Mm hmm. One thing um, that I think is, uh, can be often overlooked uh, when you're playing, um, as a player, like making a character, um, the, personality traits bonds flaws ideals um but like that's so core to like the character not the mechanics but the character
2: mm-hmm.
0: um and i think that that's that's sort of a good thing to look at when you're making like anything because that 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 is sort of a way of saying like motivation like absolutely overall like it kind of falls in that same same category and it just sort of like um categorizes the, the different aspects of it
1: yeah, and actually when I was when I first started creating player characters, those were a really big part of it for me because it mm-hmm. helped me learn how to create a character. Right. Um whereas now I find that with enough experience you don't even really need to list it out as like bond flaws, you know. Right. You can actually just say okay, what motivates my character? What yeah. do they What's want out of the world? What do they care about? Yeah. Yeah. And what do they suck at? <laughs> 'Cause that's important too.
0: <laughs> that's again, Elizabeth said the same thing. You yeah. gotta have flaws, you gotta have weaknesses. Absolutely. Um, Otherwise your character's true. boring. Right. And and that's true for for your uh NPCs too. Like you don't Yes. You don't, unless it's a very specific, like this is the paragon, yeah. this is who everyone looks up at, this is what you want to be like. like but that even kind then, of it's
1: more interesting to create like a little thing that's off about them or that's mm. like not perfect, but maybe they hide it. Yeah, um, true. You know, something, it, it makes them more interesting. Otherwise you just get like a Mary Sue in a story and yeah. that's never any fun. Like, there's nothing yeah. to explore with a character like that. If a character already comes perfect, there's no way to grow them. There's no well, way see, to change them.
0: That's where I think it's okay to have that character if it's not, like, your player characters are the main characters. Yes. Right? So if a side character is this sort of, like measuring stick mm-hmm. beside them mm-hmm. and they're always trying to like reach that goal or surpass that goal of perfection yeah. i think i think that can be interesting but i do agree with you that like even if it's like oh look at this person but they you know they're super prideful yeah like and then you learn that by interacting with them that yes. that can be super and it could be
1: even something they don't pick up on until way mm-hmm. later right uh, because no one is perfect mm-hmm. so i find that like having the quote unquote perfect character it's not real so i mean you could make it so that it you could make it really really interesting and say okay this person that is perfect has actually been created by say a media team or something (laughs) (laughs)
2: like that
1: could be something where this perfect person Mm -hmm. is not perfect they're actually just fake but nobody knows kind of thing um Yeah, I, I admit I do avoid, I do avoid the perfect or the all bad character. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think that's just me as a DM. I find them less interesting to play as well. Uh, so even my big bad, I, I'm, I don't know if all DMs are like this, but I allow my story to evolve as my players interact with it. Mm -hmm. So their choices have real impact. Um, so there's a goal, the kind of quote unquote, big bad has a goal, but eventually I, I kind of felt like she was very 2d, like there was nothing, Oh, what's motivating her? Oh, this, but like, why? Um, right. so I actually went through, you know, Xanathar's guide, the, this is my life section
0: mm-hmm. that you guys use Big fan. Like, yeah. Love that.
1: I actually used it for my big bad. Awesome. Uh, and I wrote out, okay, like, where did she come from? Why is she like this? Um, It kind of evolved into her not being a big bad, but just like somebody who has motivations that maybe are not the same as everybody else's, Mm -hmm. maybe could be morally gray in certain areas. But the key was it was morally gray. It wasn't Mm. outright evil, Um, which I think always makes a big bad more interesting. Mm -hmm. Or something like they're doing evil things, but they've somehow convince themselves that it's the only way so somebody like thanos for example Mm
2: -hmm. if i
1: go like into outside media that was Mm -hmm. an interesting character or loki who is like those are considered some of the best bad guys of the mcu and i think it's because of
0: their gray morality
1: exactly Mm -hmm. um like loki was just a petulant child really who wanted daddy to love him <laughs> right <laughs> and thanos had super big convictions
0: mm-hmm. that
1: were pretty evil but he didn't see the evil side of it he saw it as the only way to you know save everybody right save i think the world.
0: i think looking at um the ends justify the means which is mm-hmm. what thanos embodies mm-hmm. is is just all. i don't think that's ever going to be a Like, it's never going to get old. Like, there's always Mm -hmm. going to be interesting discussion around it because, like, that is philosophy. Like, Mm -hmm. that's something that isn't black or white that people can't super agree on.
1: And then I I actually, like, sometimes I'll just randomly think about my my campaign as I'm doing other things. Mm -hmm. And I actually kind of decided that it'd be more interesting if you had two sides fighting that the players kind of get caught in the middle between. Mm-hmm. Um, so like she's trying, like the bad guy is trying to become a God. And I was like, well, what if, what if she's not doing it for the wrong reasons? She's doing it in a bad way, but not in the wrong, for the wrong reasons. And the other gods are not interested in her becoming a God for X, Y, Z. And so then the other gods tend to actually have a black side to them. Um, right. So I thought that – I don't know. I don't know if other DMs do it that way in that they kind of let the story write itself in a way.
0: I don't know. Yeah, I definitely think that's that's a style thing. Like some, some DMs want the control of the story, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: Just a different style of playing.
0: Right. Uh, I do think it's very interesting, like you were saying, to set up um, a villain who – the uh players could potentially side with mm-hmm. like that that there is an argument to be made and maybe the story could go in a direction where they end up they end up being allies and then where does the story go from there
1: well because they don't see the bad side of the gods they're currently kind of allying allying with um mm-hmm. which was purposely done like i did i did have an idea that you know there is a dark side to these gods but i didn't kind of have it as a main story point, just as something that would be cool to learn later on. And then I was like, what if it is more important than that? What if, you know, these dark sides, they're hiding it on purpose. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they, and because they met these gods first and they were really cool, they have a bias now for them and against the other one, because they found that accidental bad henchman guy who, (laughs) who was automatically like, oh, he's so evil. So not everything she does is evil. Um, which I kind of love because then they're going to be really really upset when they learn that there's dark sides to a who the people they've chosen to ally with.
0: It's just so perfect when your players like display like extreme like black white views yes. on on issues and then you're like, "Well, I can manipulate that now." Haha. <laughs> ha. Thanks it's for telling of, me.
1: It's kind of mean, but so fun. <laughs> I usually play characters that are like gray morality.
0: As I've come to learn. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's great. Like you said, it's interesting. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Especially, um like, I think if uh, if a game was, like, everyone is all grey morality, I feel like that could get very lost. But when you have the contrast between, like, mm-hmm. people who do think in a very black and white way, um, yeah, I think that's great.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's
0: fun. Okay, so we've got um we've got these stories we got a lot of characters uh yeah. going on and like you said you've got um like big bads that um that are obviously going to be a main focus of the story you might have like like kings and heroes that are also npcs but um ultimately your player characters are the main characters of the story um how do you find a way to balance the spotlight between these important npcs and the player characters
1: um i think it does it comes down to what the players want so if they want to explore an npc or a storyline then they can do that um And then the spotlight might briefly be on an NPC, but you want it to be on the NPC in a way that is a choice by the characters. Um, So for example, uh, they met uh, to get a guide to go through the Underdark. They needed to find somebody, so they found this dwarf. The one who's squinty, had a squinty eye. Mm -hmm. Um, And this guy was just like, oh, you know, a made-up dwarf. He's like, oh, he knows the Underdark. He travels under there, gets like uh, certain herbs or whatever that he can bring to trade back up to the surface, um, which means that he knows of a safe place in the Underdark, which is this city. So he leads them through, and as he's leading them through, one of the characters got very attached to him. Hmm. Um, <laughs> like, they, they really like this guy. He's very odd, kind of crazy from spending so much time in the Underdark. Um, but they wanted to know all about him. So I was like, oh God, now I have to make a storyline for this guy. (laughs) So I made it so that like he, he's, he originally came from the Dwarven city that they were trying to get to. Mm. Um, but he had to run away from the city and they're like, well, why? And I was like, oh, um, he was running away from assassins.
2: Oh.
1: (laughs) Yeah oh did i do it in that one so then they're like wait why why were there assassins after you and he's like i don't know they were just after me he was very kind of cagey about it as well so they're like well you have to come back you have to come to the city with us so we can you know we can help you figure
0: this out and (laughs) you have to come confront your assassins yeah
1: okay because he he also he kind of briefly said he had to leave behind a lover and so Mm. they were all like oh my god like this one character especially was like yeah we have to reunite you we have to get you back and they're like you know so (laughs) they took him to the city (sighs) and at first i rolled actually to see whether he would he would follow them because i was like i don't know it's kind of a up in the air so if you don't know how an npc is going to react to something you can't always just roll it and see leave it to chance so i did and he followed them um and they kind of had him lay low but of course, that didn't work out for them. Uh, people found out he was in the city and started coming after him again. But they wanted to know everything about this guy. So his whole story about you know being with this guy of a different class, like he, his his lover's mother didn't didn't want them to be together. So she decided she would kill him.
0: Jesus. And
1: so sent assassins after him. Um, which he managed to wound one he cut off one of his fingers on his in his escape and then ran into the underdark got lost there for a long time went crazy and (laughs) and was found by the people under in the underdark in the city and that's how he knows his way around and how he met people in the city um, and became like this guy who's known in the city that helps helps people there and stuff so with this background story now they wanted him to re to reconnect uh, with his his lover they were like well what what like he thinks you're dead like this is awful like we have to tell him you're alive we have to get you to meet up again and he he was very kind of Ooh, like i don't know this is not a good idea kind of thing um and only really one character was super invested in this story so it would like come and go in terms of being the spotlight because only the Mm. one character really wanted to do this until, um, the assassins found out he was in the city and decided to finish the job and killed him. Yeah. Outright. Again, I rolled it all out. I was like, okay, this battle is happening without any of them knowing. Um, and they are coming to kill him so i rolled out all of, i rolled it out i was like okay who's gonna attack who first i rolled out initiative because he had a friend with him that was gonna try to protect him <laughs> i love your like open mouth expression right now
0: <laughs> yeah i'm i i'm just like horrified because you pulled me in the story <laughs> oh, of, of this like tragic love story and then you're like and then <laughs> i killed him I know you didn't do it on purpose so that you rolled it out, but I'm still horrified in the outcome. As were they. I was invested in this very short story that you told me (laughs) that I was not a part of.
1: As were they. They were really upset. And I was like, okay. um." So, like, their friend comes running into the inn that they're staying in with this dwarf in his hands, dead. And they were like what happened? He's like, we were attacked by assassins. Like, I don't know. This just happened. Um, I was trying to save him. He doesn't have any healing. So he tried to save him using like medicine, but the guy outright, like when he, once he was down, he stabbed him again to make sure the job was done. Um, so he died and the players were like beside themselves. They were like, oh my God. And the one player who was really invested, his dark side started to come out. Because he loved this guy. And so through this story, the player characters started to change. And started to become, like, started to have new experiences. Like, this one character that was really invested in the story started out as a very kind of naive, innocent kind of, kind of... uh, He was an and Mm. And all of a sudden, one of his, like, this guy he loves like as like a little because one of his best friends basically because he made this friend super close as they went through the underdark was was dead and so all of a sudden this dark side starts to come out he's like we have to find who did this we have to we have to get revenge for him and and so they started to search for the killers got into the whole like underworld thing found out who did it Uh, But also managed to then find a mage who could bring him back to life, um, which was going to cost a lot of money because they had Mm. to spend money on the diamonds that it was going to cost. Also, I do I do a thing where if you die for good, I think this is kind of similar to what Matt Mercer does or other DMs like that, where they they make it so death is is not as easy to reverse as a spell. Like once someone's dead, you have to do like a ritual to get the right and there's a chance of failing and the more you die the higher the chance is to fail right so through this they also learned how big a deal death is which is probably why they're so scared to fight people
0: (laughs) maybe maybe that has something to do with it maybe that's why they look at uh manticore and go (laughs) not today
1: (laughs) so Anyways, long story short is uh, they put the spotlight on this character and his story. Eventually, I gave them a happy ending because they deserved it. So he he met up with his lover again. They had a moment, you know, beside a waterfall in a garden, and you know they wanted to eavesdrop, and so one of them managed
0: to. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Correctly, haven't they been through it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, and of course, like his lover finds out what his mother did and oh, that created some drama as well. Drama. So much drama. Um, but, and then they moved on from the story. So like it, mm. it came down to what they wanted to, how much they wanted to interact with that. So that's like a side story that kind of came, came to be. Um, but when we're talking about like plot lines, so <clears throat> um in that case in that case again like it comes down to who they choose to interact with i find like i i haven't really found it difficult to keep the spotlight on them because i look at npcs as <laughs> kind of a pathway to their own growth. So if mm-hmm. they choose to focus on an NPC, then the spotlight will move naturally to that NPC for a short period of time, but it's all through what the characters want. So if right. they I lose interest, that's... they don't need to continue on with that story, kind of thing.
0: Right. And and I think sort of like just a summary of this, like though like like a little blurb about this for advice is listen mm-hmm. to your players yeah um and what you were saying really reminded me um there's this uh tick that i saw of um you know dimension 20 right
2: mm-hmm. oh With, i love um, dimension
0: 20 <laughs> uh brendan lee mulligan i love that that's guy the yeah, yeah. that's the same yeah um, <laughs> and he was talking about um how one of his players um had sort of like fallen by the wayside and so um they were feeling like it was their time and so they just said to him like hey do you think i could run this scene and like there was just like extremely clear communication of like you know not saying you did a bad job like blah blah, blah. like it wasn't like blame it was just like hey i'm feeling like you know i haven't gotten a chance to shine mm-hmm. so like can i do that right and so um if you're if you're fostering the environment for communication, I don't think you you have to necessarily worry so much about the spotlight um mm-hmm. but not every player is going to be like not necessarily like you as the d m are making them feel uncomfortable, but just you know some people are shyer they don't they're they don't want to they don't like to speak up like that so um like I, I would say, just check in with your players, right?
2: Absolutely. Um,
0: like it, if, like, I know, I know, Livy's very good uh, at that. Like saying, like, oh, how are you feeling about mm-hmm. this? Like, are you okay? I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she reaches out to you, like, like yeah, to check in, um, especially
1: after last session. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah. Um, so, uh, if, if you're doing stuff like that, um, your, your players can, can let you know if, if the spotlight is, um, you know, shining too much on, on one area.
1: Yeah. And I, I do have players that are of that Shire variety or they're less sure about the characters. Mm
0: -hmm. And in
1: that, in that case, I wanted to come up with story pieces that they could grab onto, Mm -hmm. um, I have one player who was very inexperienced with the game. And so she kind of came in with the barest background. This is what my character did as a kid. This is what they do now. And now they're just in it for adventure. Right. I was like, okay, that's really vague. Like there's no real motivation there. There's no, nothing to sink your teeth into. So <clears throat> I created a, a sister that she had no idea about. Um, mm. And through this sister tried to get her to kind of open up more as a character, like through this, could she examine, you know, her, her connection with her family, her connection with her past a little more. I think because of an experience, it didn't work out. Like she didn't sink her teeth into it the same way I was hoping she would. But again, that was down to an experience. Um, And I think after the, after she started seeing other people start to, kind of grow their storylines and their past and um she started to realize the lost opportunity um but thankfully her sister didn't die she's still in the world so i will be able to reintroduce her at some point and give that another another chance um Mm. but yeah i do find that it can be hard with people who are less sure about their characters and what their motivations are to help them kind of grow that unless you have a conversation with them
0: right and some some very direct and and good questions i think would be like um like just after a session you say hey like what does your character want right now absolutely um like where where (laughs) does your character see themselves going like um, it's almost like you're having a a job interview with them where does (laughs) your character see themselves in five five sessions
1: yeah and sometimes it can be like oh what what do they want to learn about what do they want Mm -hmm. to learn to do Um, what are they interested in? Mm -hmm. So like if they were to find a book on something, what would they want that book to be about? Right. Um, and that can kind of give you insights into what motivates them as well. Like maybe it's Mm -hmm. not an underlying like tragedy or something that motivates them. Maybe it's just, they want to learn about something.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, they want to deepen their knowledge about something or, or whatever, um, and sometimes in characters that are really unsure about motivation, it can actually become about the other player characters in the story. So sometimes it might be just, I want to have friends. Mm-hmm. I want to deepen my friendships. I want to protect these people that I'm with. And that can kind of grow into chances that where you can put them in danger and allow your character to shine.
0: Yeah, I think that's an interesting point because, um, not everybody wants the spotlight on them and that doesn't mean they're not having fun Mm -hmm. so like trying to force storylines for characters when that's not really what they're there for can actually sort of like potentially be harmful to their player experience so that's that's interesting i think i think it's important to like create those opportunities and then not be so upset when
1: yeah, like don't push they it don't land. if it doesn't land. Like just yeah. allow it to pass, and then yeah. ask the player, "How did you find that? Did you want something else?"
0: Because yep. well, even, even like you said, even uh, my my first character was kind of that. Well, they're just out it for adventure, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and um, but. There's always motivation beyond that. Like, Mm -hmm. like, even if it's like, even if you have, oh, I'm a, I'm a rogue and I just want to like get all the treasure. Well, like, what do you want that treasure for? Like what, what specific type of treasure? Like, are you, are you just trying to like create a big dragon hoard for yourself Mm -hmm. or uh, do you need it to pay off debt? Like there's always, there's always something more, um, so specific to, to get to.
1: Right. Well, everybody, like, especially with money, you want money for a reason, whether Mm. it's like, oh, I want to feel powerful Mm. or I want this money to buy something or I want safety. Sometimes money Mm -hmm. can be safety. So like, I'll never worry about being on the streets again, kind of thing. Right. Um, And I think it's important to kind of, like you said, ask, ask the player, you know, to think about it, think about it deeper than just, Mm -hmm. oh, I want to get money. Well, Okay. Why, why? Like, why is that? important even and some people are not motivated by money at all which can be difficult if you're trying to entice them to do something by paying them
0: (laughs) yeah because not not every player is going to be the oh let's check out the local job board (laughs) oh my god (laughs) you had to bring up the job board (laughs) it's so funny to me i had to and some (laughs) people don't care at all and some people will be there for months
1: I mean, that's what happened to my characters. <laughs> <laughs> Took them to a city, gave them a job board, and that was it. I was like, oh, shit. So that's what. Turns when out they were motivated actually... by money. No, they just wanted to do everything. Just oh, they. Case. Just...
0: It was like a completionist thing. Yes,
1: it was a completionist thing. They, like, oh. the one. They were so used. They play a lot of RPGs mm-hmm. as player, like, as people. So. When they got into this world, they're looking at it like it's an RPG. And Mm -hmm. it was then that I decided it's not going to be one. Like, I had already decided, like, the world is moving constantly. So, storylines don't wait for them. Right. Which is a choice that Mm -hmm. I think, I don't know if I would do that again. I think it's just the scope of this world didn't really allow it that the world waits for them. Right. If it was a smaller kind of scope, then likely I would change that but in this case I wanted the plans of people to keep moving forward so if the players spend a month in a city doing random shit that has no real impact on anything except themselves that's a choice they make but then that's also an opportunity for other people to move forward in the world around them so and that also allowed me to make it so that some of those jobs were already finished by the time they came back to try to do them again. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, that job's done. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. There's there's no more jobs now.
0: Well, I think it's interesting talking about um, people coming to D and D from, um, f- from like a video game RPG place, mm-hmm. because even, even just looking at players who play rpg video games you have different styles of players like some people are playing these games for the story Mm -hmm. they want to play it on like easy difficulty they don't want to think much about the strategy and they just want to you know experience that that game because they love the the story and the Mm -hmm. characters and and that sort of stuff um and then you have some people who wanna play on super expert hard mode and and have the the best builds and you can see that that translates to d and d because you're gonna have the people that are theory crafting their super their super crazy builds of like f- multi classing into four different classes absolutely or or you have the people that that are are just there for the vibes and having a <laughs> having a good time role-playing their character. Um, But it's interesting to be able to look at that and then sort of, like you did, like flip their expectations from where they came from and be like, oh, this isn't like, you know, the video game you're used to, like stuff does happen and sort of like do a bit of a system shock to them to be like, oh, yeah, you're right. This isn't a video game. (laughs) Uh, And and get them more into like a role-playing mindset.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The one difficulty I have with NPCs can be with so I have one character one player character who who has a very clear picture of an NPC from their past. So In creating that, in playing that NPC, I already foresee there could be problems with it. What do you mean? So, one of my characters has a sister who Mm. they grew up with and who has a very particular personality that he's already envisioned. Mm. Um, And I didn't think to tell him beforehand, like you need to kind of keep that open because (laughs) that's going to be my character at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so, and he's, he's a writer himself. So he Mm. wrote this whole scene of, you know, um, one of the visions he, or like one of the memories he has kind of thing, which Mm. for some reason, I can't remember why now, but all the players got to see it. And his sister has a very particular personality. Mm -hmm. And so it was a little different than what I had expected her to be or what I had pictured her to be. So now it's going to come down to me kind of reconciling the two ideas. Right. And hopefully kind of creating a character that he's happy with while at the same time fulfilling the purpose I want her to have. Mm -hmm. So like his goal is just to find her. I don't really know past that what his goal is. Maybe to talk to her and try to convince her to travel with him. I'm not sure, but basically she ran away after like ran away from him in a way after something traumatic happened uh, because she made choices that he didn't agree with. (laughs) (laughs) She's a lot darker than he is in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways. Um,
0: maybe a redemption arc.
1: Maybe, but I had actually had a better idea that she's working for, uh, like she's decided to follow the God that they're not following Mm. because that would give him, that would give him an opportunity to grow in considering that he's not always right because right. this character is always very sure about all of his convi- convictions not the There's smartest one way character to do but my way exactly yeah. um <clears throat> and he's very black and white when it comes to his morals mm. and very judgy so when the player characters are doing things like drinking and partying and having you know uh having promiscuous sex like he's very like mm, no bad kind
0: of no fun allowed yeah
1: basically that's everybody calls him like you know the dad cuz he's so boring <laughs> like he won't let them do anything fun even if he goes out with them he'll sit in the corner and just like watch everybody like a weirdo um super awkward so you know if i have like somebody approach him in a flirty way he he just it doesn't even register like he's completely unaware of everything that has anything to do with fun so i was like if i create if i create this npc and this is like i haven't actually done this yet so in a way it's kind of showing my thought process, I get—I guess, a little bit in that he has a clear picture of her, but it's not necessarily going to help his story or help his character grow mm. in a way. So I want to create conflict there beyond what he thinks the conflict is Um.
0: That's interesting because if you if you look at um, your role as a DM, like in in terms of like film and stuff, you are a writer, yes, but you're kind of a co-writer, right? Yeah, but you are also the director, yes. So, like in film, like the screenplay may be written a certain way, but the way that the director takes it is going to like vastly change like you can look at like movies that have been like that take the same same screenplay and then they're completely like different movies right absolutely and and so at the end of the day like like that those those directors are like bringing their vision to life. And I'm sure that they're going through a lot of the same thoughts of like, like, who is this for? Who's going to enjoy this? Mm-hmm. But ultimately, they they also want to be true to their vision. And yeah, it's it's always like the role of a DM is always a big balancing act of a million different things.
1: But... I I really like that metaphor, though. I really yeah. like that metaphor. That's that's a good one.
2: Because.
0: Yeah. A- yeah. and it's art it's it, it's art right like all of this creativity is is like art like we are, t- are kind of doing an artistic creative thing for each other mm-hmm. so and together yeah so there's no absolute right or wrong mm-hmm. and like even even if they're like hey that's not what i envisioned like i went through that specifically in one of my other campaigns did you but um
1: why what happened
0: well it was it was a very similar thing it was like i had written up my backstory i had talked about my sister mm-hmm. we end up like meeting the sister and i'm like well that's not that's not quite what i saw for her like that wasn't her personality at all mm-hmm. but like but she ended up being like a fun character that you know like had something for my character like to to bounce off of yeah um And it wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, at least for me, it wasn't disappointing, but I just had to like, like reconcile the fact that, yeah, like, like my DM was directing that scene, took my, my input and then I made something else with it. And, and I think, like, I just, I would just hope, like, I can't really say one way or the other, like what your players are, are, how they're going to react, but I think I would hope that they would, they would understand
1: yeah. And so far I've had good experiences with that. Like uh, my one, my one character has a brother that she kind of met on, on the fly, kind of, like he, he was, I'd already planned for him to come to the city they were in because for various other reasons, but <clears throat> he found her there um, and immediately came to, you know, say hi and interact because they have a good relationship. Um, Mm. but I was lucky in that respect because she hadn't created a personality for him. Um, she just said, oh, I have a brother and he's way older than me. And I was compared to him by my parents because he's very successful in what he does, but he was always really cool with me. Mm. Um, and so I created kind of this lovable rogue character who immediately some of the characters, some of the players loved and some of them hated. <laughs>
0: That's the name of the game. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: but that was, that was simple in a way because all of him came from me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas this, I haven't really, like I haven't had to do before. So this is right. going to be an interesting experience where I'm creating a character that has already technically been created in someone's head. Hmm. Uh, So I think it's, it is going to, it is going to have to be a bit of a balancing act. And I think I will probably have a conversation with him at some point as to what, like if, like to warn him, not to ask him if it's okay, because this is going to happen regardless. I am the DM. I play every character except them. So like to kind of warn him, like this is the case where, you know, your sister may have been one way, but it has been a few years since you've seen her. She may have changed,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which can kind of give a bridge for the differences oh, yeah. I think between what he saw her as and what I create
0: yep. from that. Well, that's that's interesting because unless unless you're starting a campaign like in someone's hometown and you're going to immediately, um, immediately run into these characters mm-hmm. that they've made like time is going to pass Mm -hmm. stuff is happening to them off off screen Mm -hmm. so to speak so like there is always a way to explain like change in people because people people change Mm -hmm. um yeah
1: yeah i think that's that's the toughest
0: npcs to
1: create and play are the ones that are from a character's background Mm -hmm. Uh, i think you have to be the most careful with them um but I think it's better when there are characters you can kind of pull on from a background mm-hmm. instead of having to kind of like create them like I did for the one character who had an imaginary sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've got a character who has knows nothing about his background, which I was like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> that'll give me some opportunities to bring in long lost parents. Thank you for that. It's yes. Okay. <laughs> He's like, Oh, I just washed up on a shore, shore and a monk raised me. And I was like, Oh, okay. This ah, is great. Past. Yeah. <laughs> I got some stuff for you. So I think the more, like, you can have a vague background and still have a lot to kind of grab onto, but mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Well, once once again, I feel like you're just uh, talking about like you're just sort of summarizing things uh, that that we've been talking about in like real like like yeah real specific examples mm-hmm. uh, um, with how you know you're you're doing something new even though you've been DMing for this group for what two and a half years you're yeah. doing something new for the first time you're a little bit nervous about it yeah. but that's nothing that some clear communication uh, can't. Can't fix and, and you know, create a sort of safe space, yeah. For well, I think that was a lot to talk about, a lot to think about. So, at this point, I think I'm just gonna say thanks, Sandeep, for joining me. I'm sure we'll have you on again to talk about something else.
1: Oh, no problem.
0: We can always talk for quite a while when we let ourselves. Um, but I think we're gonna wrap up here. Sound good? Yep, awesome. Uh, So thanks, everyone, for listening and uh, look forward to the next episode. Bye. Before you go, I'd like to thank James Roach for the awesome job on the podcast themes. You can check out what he's up to by following him on Twitter at Hamesatron. You can follow RPG Blueprints at RPGBP on Twitter. I'd also like to thank you for listening. And remember the words of the author, Joseph Chilton Pierce to live a creative life, we must lose our fear of being wrong.